Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, you'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels, also offensive lineman Jermaine Illuminor. Plus, the team makes a couple roster moves official. And in segment number two, we'll talk about preseason game number three, who I'll be focusing on as far as positions and or position players. Your calls and texts will close things out. It's all coming up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for August 19th, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Just win. You ought to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Plenty to get to on today's show as we close out the week really strong. Prepare for the weekend. Prepare for Saturday's game. The Miami Dolphins and the Raiders square up in Miami, in South Florida. That'll be preseason game number three for the Raiders. Only preseason game number two for the Miami Dolphins. And I'll tell you right now, being out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ on Thursday was was fantastic and being on the defensive side of the field as we were out there observing practice I'll tell you right now man the defense was getting after it they were doing some big things these guys were destroying the offense you know not only the offensive line were they destroying but really they were just disrupting everything now there was a few times when the offense got the better of the defense but man for the most part the defense really dominated practice on Thursday Max Crosby has just been just a menace, right? A predator against the offensive line. He had at least four sacks and a couple batted balls on Thursday's practice, at least. And I know a lot of people, I talked about it on my radio show, on Raider Nation Radio 920, a lot of people say, yeah, Q, but the offensive line stinks. It wasn't just that. I mean, now there was a little element to that. I'm not going to say that it was all just 100% Max Crosby. There was a little bit of the element of the offensive line is not where it needs to be. But man, this dude was just destroying things, you know, destroying guys on the offensive line. I'm interested to see what happens next week during the joint practices with the Patriots. But of course, they've got the Miami Dolphins on the docket before they can worry about the Patriots next week. But when they go up against someone else, I'm really interested to see how Max Crosby dominates because I do believe he will absolutely be dominating. But man, I'll tell you right now, there was a lot of teaching going on at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Uh, these coaches from Patrick Graham to Antonio Pierce to Jason Simmons, all these guys on the defensive side of the ball, they were doing a lot of teaching and the players were they were understanding what they were supposed to do and you saw it on the field they were absolutely dominating the practice now let's go ahead and get into a few of the news and notes on uh, Thursday, the Raiders made official the signing of defensive end Jordan Jenkins. He was the guy that was originally drafted by the New York Jets in the third round in 2016, number 83 overall. He also played with the Houston Texans. He's been in the league six years, has been in 83 career games with 62 starts and 204 total tackles. 25 sacks, eight passes defense, seven forced fumbles, five fumble recoveries. 2021, he played 11 games with Houston, recorded 20 tackles and two and a half sacks, and led the Jets in 2019 with a career-high eight sacks and tied for the team lead in 2018 with seven sacks. Uh, they had to make another move, though, a corresponding move. So to make room for Jordan Jenkins, they released linebacker Kenny Young. So uh, a lot of people are saying, okay, well, Jordan Jenkins, he's got a little skins on the wall, and he does. Well, Josh McDaniels was asked about him in the media session on Thursday when we met with him early in the morning. Uh, hey, what was it that attracted you guys to Jordan Jenkins? What made you not only work him out but decide to go ahead and sign him quick, fast, and in a hurry? Here goes uh, Josh McDaniels talking about Jordan Jenkins. I played against Jordan a lot, um, you know, going back to the AFC East and, you know, physical guy, um, 
you know, played in a, a, a very tough conference in college football and then, you know, came in and, you know, does a good job of, of you know, some of the things we ask our guys to do on the edge. Uh, we'll see how he does here. You know, we haven't really had any opportunity to work with him yet, but, um, you know, has has demonstrated the ability to, you know, set the edge on defense and, you know, do some things in the pass rush. So um, great guy. Uh, looking forward to, to having an opportunity to start with him today. So there you go. Head coach Josh McDaniels talking about Jordan Jenkins, what he saw in him, what he knows about him, and the fact that he went up against him. So, again, adding a guy that has some skins on the wall, has been there, done that in the league for a little while, he could provide, uh, only could provide some extra depth as far as guys that can get after the quarterback. And again, as I mentioned before, you can never have too many guys that can pin their ears back and get to the quarterback. Also on Thursday at practice, well, there was a lot of guys that didn't practice. (laughs) Simple as that. Running back Josh Jacobs, he's been out since August 12th. That's a week ago today. He hasn't practiced. Saw him in the locker room after the Vikings game, but he was uh, not in, in uniform. He was in street clothes and have not seen him on the practice field at all. Darren Waller, he returned one day, and then he was out again on Thursday. So don't know what's going on with him he was coming back from that hamstring injury he looked really good on Wednesday and like I said a no-show on Thursday so I don't know if he woke up sore the next day I don't know if it has to do with the contract I don't know what it has to do with I don't want to speculate but Darren Waller there one day not there the next day. Also, tight end Jacob Hollister. He's been out since August 9th. Offensive tackle Thayer Mumford. I think this is a big deal. He's been out since Wednesday. Uh, he left practice early, did not return. I think it's a big deal. And the only reason I say that is because he's a guy that I thought had an opportunity to really, uh, you know, make a name for himself along that offensive line. And so if he's injured, that's going to slow everything down. Of course, offensive tackle Brandon Parker. He's been out since August 4th. That was the Hall of Fame game. Don't know if, if he's coming back or when he's coming back. Defensive end, Lee Furl, he's been out since July 30th. I mean, he goes way back like the Commodores, right? Don't don't think he's ever coming back. Seen him around practice a couple times in the weight room just working out, but not doing anything out there on the practice field. Linebacker Denzel Perriman, he's been out since August 12th. And linebacker Kenny Young, he had been out since August 11th, but he was released on Thursday, so he's obviously not coming back. But those are the guys that have been missing in action as far as practice goes. Also, I want you to hear a few more sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniel and offensive tackle Jermaine Luminor. Uh, the first one with Josh McDaniels is about playing the starters for Saturday. Is this a consideration because this is the Raiders' preseason game number three, which is traditionally the dress rehearsal? Um, again, we don't really, we haven't really said like we have this group's the starters and the, you know. So we're just kind of in a competition mode still. Still got a lot of time left uh, to sort things out in, the, in that regard. Um, so we're going to try to do the same thing we did the first two. It's really use them to help us with some things we're trying to figure out. Um, so in some cases, yes. Some cases, probably not. But. That's probably where we're at right now. So to answer the question about is the starters like a consideration for this game on Saturday against Miami Dolphins, Josh McDaniels really didn't give us too much, (laughs) right? Didn't give us too much at all right there. Just really kind of ran around the corner and said that they're going to be thinking about a whole lot of different scenarios and then they'll make a decision, but never really gave us any kind of answer. Now, on Wednesday, uh, Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy, he talked to the media, talked to us in great length, and one of the things that he stressed and one of the things I talked to him about was being a consistent player. You know, you can't make a big-time play and then all of a sudden have a couple duds. He talked about that. And he said, hey, Coach Josh McDaniels has been in my ear about continuing to be consistent. So I asked Josh McDaniels myself. I said, hey, T. Billy said on Wednesday – 
that he's trying to be consistent and that you've been in his ear about being consistent, do you think he's getting a little bit closer to where he needs to be? Here's his answer. Yeah, love his his approach every day, and he knows that. All our guys know that. That's really the time frame we're in right now as a team. You know, is we all can do some good things. It's just, you know, when you get to September, you need to be able to do those things repetitively at a very high level. And so um, he speaks for our team when he says that, I think. You know, I mean, he's in the same boat as every other player. Um, he's working really hard at it. Um, and again, it's it's there's a really good play. Then let's stack another really good play on it, you know, and then another one. And then go to another period and do the same thing. So um, he works really hard at that. He knows that that's a big point of emphasis for our receiving group. Um, but I would say that for pretty much our entire team. So there's head coach Josh McDaniels right there talking about Tyron Johnson, a.k.a. T. Billy. And sounds like he's making some good moves. Sounds like he's doing some things that the head coach really appreciates and thinks that he can, uh, you know, be a player on the team. Again, I don't want to look too much into it or read too much into what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing, but it feels like T. Billy is really carving out a spot on this roster. Another guy who I believe is really carving out a spot on the roster is rookie linebacker, middle linebacker, Luke Masterson. He's a guy that all of a sudden, don't look now out of nowhere, is getting a lot of conversation, right? And he's not the only one. Uh, Darian Butler, the linebacker out of Arizona State, he's also getting a lot of burn. Of course, he played for Antonio Pierce at Arizona State when Antonio Pierce was the defensive coordinator, so he knows him very well. But those two guys, undrafted free agents, Darian Butler, Luke Masterson, those are two guys that I believe have an opportunity to make this Raiders roster. So Josh McDaniels was talked about Luke Masterson and what he saw in him so far in training camp and in the preseason. Yeah, he, um, you know, he, he's playing both linebacker spots, you know, and he's, he's uh, you know, as a rookie, he's worn the green dot a little bit in these preseason games, which is not an easy thing to do right off the bat. Um, he's handling a lot of communication. Um, he's in the middle of every run play, as, you, as you, you've seen. Um, tough. Um, active, um, works extremely hard in the weight room, works extremely hard to make sure his body's ready to go. He's got a maturity about himself at this point in his career that I really, really like. Um, he's impressed um, us with that in the way he goes about his day-to-day. Um, you know, and, and he's competing in the kicking game. And a lot of these guys are learning how to do that because some of them didn't really you know, play in those roles in college. Uh, but as you know, I mean, you either start on offense, on defense, or you better play a factor in the kicking game where it's hard to get to the game on Sunday. So uh, Luke's really working hard at that area of his game as well. Um, but got the right mindset. He's a middle linebacker, and, you know, he plays like it. He works like it every day. I don't know how the number game works out, but I do believe that two guys that have a fast track on a roster spot are middle linebacker Luke Masterson and, again, Darian Butler, the linebacker out of Arizona State. I don't know how many linebackers the Raiders plan on keeping on the roster, but, man, I'm looking at those two guys and thinking they've got to be on the squad. They really do. I feel like they've earned their spot already, looking at number 58 and looking at number 59. And then you got guys like Devon Diablo. He's a guy that's going to make the roster. Jayon Brown, I think he's going to make the roster. Denzel Perriman, I, I feel like he's going to make the roster, you know, even though he's in the last year of his deal. Uh, you know, there's, there's different guys out there, but that's one, two, three, four, that's five guys right there. Are they going to have five linebackers make the team? I don't know. Maybe with Masterson being a special teams guy and maybe with Butler being a guy that could play possibly special teams, maybe they're able to carve out a spot. I don't know. But, man, I do believe they've got some real deal talent when it comes to that linebacking room. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But I'll tell you right now, I feel like both Darian Butler and Luke Masterson find a way 
to make this roster. Now, I just had a couple more sound bites that I wanted you to hear real quick as we're getting a little long here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And it's from offensive tackle Jermaine Illuminor. He's a guy that I feel like I'm going to root for, right? Because he's a guy that's had multiple opportunities and he's blown it. His words, not mine. He has not done a good job, you know, taking advantage of his opportunities. But he looks like he's focused. He's in shape. He's ready to rock and roll. So one of the first questions that was asked was actually for me about what he did on Sunday. He went from being the starting left tackle to all of a sudden being the right tackle to being the right guard. So how difficult is it going from spot to spot to spot along that offensive line? Here's Jermaine Illuminor. Um, It's tough. You know, going from right to left, especially when you're more on one side during practice, is tough. But, you know, it's the NFL, and you have to be ready for any opportunity you get. And, you know, for me to start at left tackle during that game was a hell of an opportunity to show people in this organization and around the league that, you know, if given the chance, I can do that as well and play right tackle also. And, you know, I got the opportunity a couple years ago, and I didn't really take full advantage of that. When I was in New England, you know, I was, like I said, I was overweight, I was real sloppy, and I left a bad taste in my mouth and, you know, everyone else's mouth of, you know, me playing left tackle. So, I took that as an opportunity to show people, you know, I'm doing this again, but this time completely different. I'm a new player out there, and, you know, I'm going to keep trying to show that every single week. So there's offensive lineman right there, Jermaine Illuminor, talking about where he's been, where he's at right now, what he's trying to prove, not only to the Raiders, but the rest of the league. And that's the mentality you've got to have, especially in training camp, as, you know, you've kind of blown a few different options and opportunities that you've had. You're trying to make it and get in where you fit in. So right now he's got a clean slate. You know, and, and that's what the offensive coaches have said. That's what all the coaches have said so far on the Silver and Black. So what does that mean to Jermaine Illuminor having that clean slate? Here he is talking about that. The clean slate was especially good for me because I feel like the last five years of my career, I kind of just wasn't as serious as I should have been. Whether it was nutrition, weight, mentality, like I wasn't all in. And, you know, Josh coming known who I was and who I am, um, has, I benefited a lot from that, you know, just – being able to recreate myself this year, recreate the type of player I am and person I am has been really good for me. And then to have him and Dave here and just, you know, just show me how confident they are in me and what I can do and just keep pushing me forward has been really dope. So you can tell he appreciates the opportunity. He knows that he's on his life last lifeline. He knows that this isn't something that happens all the time, but he's got it right there in front of him. So here's his final thoughts on having this opportunity again. He's had so many missed opportunities, but boom, there's a chance right in front of him. Here's Jermaine Illuminor on how he feels about it. If I'm being completely honest, this is like damn near my third, fourth chance because, you know, I had a starting, I was starting in Baltimore um, my third year. And well, I started actually my rookie year, I got to start. And if I did what I needed to do, then, you know, I would have, kept that spot but it got taken from me and then my third year in Baltimore I started left guard but I was overweight and then I ended up getting traded in New England and then my second year in New England I was signed a right tackle but once again I was overweight and I wasn't really doing what I needed to do and as soon as I got hurt they replaced me because I didn't earn that job and then you know last year I was doing what I need I, you know I was in there but I didn't fully commit to it and I didn't do what I need to do on the field and I got replaced again so you know in my eyes this is my last opportunity to really become the player I want to become or I'm just going to be a backup role player the rest of my career so I'm taking I'm doing everything I can to make this happen and you know I'm doing everything possible to achieve everything I want to achieve in this game because you know not everyone is lucky enough to get as many opportunities and chances that I have 
And, you know, Josh coming here and Dave coming here, you know, they didn't say it, but in my mind, this is my last opportunity. So if I don't achieve what I want to achieve this year, then that's my fault. At least he knows. At least he knows what's in front of him. And at least he knows that it's his last opportunity to get it done after messing up in Baltimore, messing up in New England, even uh, last season with the Raiders messing up. Now he's got another chance. And so we'll see what Jermaine Illuminor does. I do feel like he's got uh, the upper hand as far as the swing tackle position goes. But you never know. If things don't work out with Alex Leatherwood, he might have the upper hand on the right tackle position. So we'll see how that shakes out. Coming up in segment number two, what am I going to be paying attention to Saturday versus Miami as the Raiders travel to South Beach I'll tell you about it after I tell you about Dave and look there's times in life when you need extra money it might be because you need a car repair it may be because you got some bill that you didn't see coming and all of a sudden it showed up in the mail and you're like whoa hold on where did that come from well guess what that's where Dave comes in. It's the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. More money to do whatever you need to do. Catch up on any bills. Cover any kind of payment that you all of a sudden had that you didn't realize you had. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you right now download the dave app from the app store that's dave d-a-v-e sign up for an extra cash account to get up to 500 instantly for terms and conditions go to dave.com slash legal instant transfer fees apply banking provided by evolve member fdic future you will thank you trust me your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about what I'm going to be paying attention to on Saturday versus the Miami Dolphins. Raiders preseason game number three will be the Dolphins preseason game number two. And during the regular season, I always do keys to the game. You know, like I'll end up the week and say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is how the Raiders come away with the victory. But it's preseason, so victories don't really matter, right? Wins and losses don't matter, even though, as I talk to Lincoln Kennedy every Tuesday and Thursday, he says, hey, a win is a win is a win regardless of his preseason or not, I don't really look at wins as anything in the preseason. I want to look at execution. I want to look at certain players. I want to see if the players look like they know what the hell they're doing. And so far through two games, I think we would all agree the Raiders absolutely look like they know what they're doing. Look like they're all on the same page with their head coach, their defensive coordinator, their offensive line coach. I mean, everyone looks like they're on the same page. Is there some areas that need improvement? Sure. But it looks like they all understand what their job is supposed to be, and they're trying to work together to get to where it needs to be to be one cohesive unit as far as a team, not just a position group, but a team. So what am I going to really be paying attention to on Saturday versus the Miami Dolphins. And I believe the first thing I'm going to be looking at is the run defense. I saw on uh, Sunday against the Vikings, uh, the Vikings were able to run and do whatever they wanted to. It felt like I could run for 65, 75 yards against the Raiders on Sunday. And now they got Jonathan Hankins back. They got Bilal Nichols back. I'm not saying that they're going to play on Saturday. I think that they should, but not saying that they're going to. You know, we'll see if they actually get out there and get some burn, but that run defense has got to be better. And the thing about it is Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, he wants the run game to be uh, effective. He wants to be able to stop the run. Unlike Gus Bradley, who only cared about was getting after the quarterback. He wanted you to pin your ears back and get to the quarterback. Patrick Graham, 
And you could tell by just the guys they brought in. They brought in guys for that defensive tackle position that are all over 300 pounds. They did that for a reason, because they want to stop the run. You stop the run, you get the opposing offenses in third and long and second and long, and then that's when edge rushers like Crosby and Chandler Jones could pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. So they've got to slow down the run. They've actually got to stop the run. So we'll see if Jonathan Hankins plays. We'll see if Bilal Nichols plays. It really doesn't matter to me. Whoever plays has to do a better job of slowing down and stopping the run. So that's going to be the first thing I'm looking at. The second thing I'm looking at is uh, a guy that did return to practice this past week. That's cornerback Trayvon Mullen. He's been out for a while, right? I mean, he only played in five games in 2021. So I don't know if any of these guys coming off the pup list, Jonathan Hankins, Bilal Nichols, or Trayvon Mullen are going to play on Saturday. But when it comes to Trayvon Mullen, I think he needs to play. On Saturday, uh, we had a call on uh, on Thursday on Raider Nation Radio 920 from Anthony in Minnesota, and he said, Q, I'd like to see him get 15 to 20 snaps, two to three series, and I could not agree with him more, right? I mean, we saw Nate Hobbs in the Hall of Fame game get two series at the outside corner position. How come Trayvon Mullen can't get some? I think that he needs to get, and I hope that, that Patrick Graham puts him out there. I hope Josh McDaniels puts him out there. He needs to get some burn just to see what he can do. Uh, I'm a guy who likes Trayvon Mullen. I liked him when the Raiders drafted him uh, in the second round out of Clemson. I liked what he was able to do his rookie year. He didn't start right away, but uh, once they felt like he he had the, the tools to get it done, they put him in the starting lineup and they moved on from Gary on Conley. I like Trayvon Mullen. Is he a guy that's going to create a lot of turn turnovers no but I feel like he could play the position and play it pretty well so if he can do that he needs to get out there and show that so I think that on Saturday he really needs to get some burn again 15 to 20 snaps two to three series and I'm good get him out get him healthy and be good to go but he should have to earn his reps back because he's been out for a very long time and there's been some guys in camp that have been working their tails off that you know he's just gonna basically not kick kick to the curb, but going to make them move positions. I mean, for example, on Thursday, we saw Nate Hobbs exclusively in the slot. He had been on the outside, but since Trayvon Mullen returned, since Rocky Sin returned, all of a sudden you see Nate Hobbs in the slot, which that's not a bad thing if that's your best guys. If, if you feel like the best corners that you have are Rocky Sin, Trayvon Mullen, and Nate Hobbs, and that's how you want to put them, Trayvon on the outside, Rocky Sin on the outside, and Nate Hobbs in the, in the slot, fine, so be it, no problem, but... Nate Hobbs has been there since day one of training camp. He's been there since, you know, one day one of OTAs. He's been out there putting in the work. You know, don't, uh, you know, don't change up what he's doing because Mullen and uh, Rocky Sin came back. Unless, like I said, that's the, that's the best three guys that you have to put out there as far as the options go. And if that's the case, then you got to put him out there. So Trayvon Mullen is going to be my second really key that I'm looking to for Saturday's game. Get him some burn, 15 to 20 snaps two to three series. Next area that I'm paying attention to, I mean, I can't get out of here without talking about the offensive line. Who's going to be starting on that O-line? On Sunday against the Vikings, we saw uh, we saw Jermaine Illuminor starting at left tackle. We saw uh, Al- uh, Thayer Munford, excuse me, starting at right tackle, and Alex Leatherwood didn't come in until the second half. So is that going to be the case again? Thayer Munford's out, or at least he's out right now. He might be playing on Saturday for all I know, but he missed practice on Thursday. They don't have practice today. He left practice early on Wednesday. So as far as I'm concerned, he probably won't play at all on Saturday. So does that mean Alex Leatherwood's going to start at right tackle? If not, and he doesn't play till the second half, that's going to tell you all you really need to know. 
right? They've got to figure out who's going to be the starting five on this offensive line. Feels pretty comfortable. Colton Miller, no doubt. Left guard, I think it's John Simpson, but who knows? Maybe Dylan Parham could steal that spot. Andre James, starting center. Right guard, you feel like it's Lester Cotton Sr., right? Feels like he's really earned that job. Right tackle, other position that's up for grabs. So maybe you have the left guard and the right tackle positions up for grab. I'll be interested to see who's out there starting and how well do they do. Because, again, all week long in practice, what I've been seeing is guys like Max Crosby wrecking that offensive line. And I don't know if that's more Max Crosby or that's more struggles of the offensive line. But we'll see when they play against someone else. And I'm really excited to see what they do next week in joint practices against the Patriots. But that's one thing I'll be looking at on Saturday. Who's starting on the offensive line? Who's stepping up at right tackle? And who's at that left guard spot? And finally, the last thing I'll be paying attention to in a major way It's got to be special teams. You know that games are won by offense, defense, and the third phase, which is special teams. Kick coverage has got to be better. Punt coverage has got to be better. Special teams in general has got to be exactly that, special, right? If it's not special, there's a problem. We know what Daniel Carlson brings to the table. We know what A.J. Cole brings to the table. We know what Trent Sieg does as a long snapper. But, man, the coverage units have to be better. The return units, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable with. I'm starting to see some guys make some wiggles and, and, and get in space and, and create something for the offense. But, man, the coverages have got to be better than what we've seen so far in the preseason through two games. We've seen uh, opposing teams, both the Jaguars and the Vikings, have big-time returns in the punt game and the kick return game, and it's got to be better than that. It cannot be a sieve. They've got to find a way to clean it up. So I'll definitely be paying attention to special teams, kick coverage, punt coverage, just special teams in general. So that's what it is for me. It's A, B, C, and D. The run defense, Trayvon Mullen, who's starting on the offensive line, who's playing at the right tackle spot and left guard spot. It's all got to do with the offensive line. And then special teams, kick coverage, punt coverage, and special teams in general. So that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707 654 Nine three. Before I get into that, though, do want to tell you about better help. And you're probably wondering, well, what's better help? Well, you ever had life just throw you some curveballs? And believe me, if life is going to do anything, it's going to do exactly that. Throw you some curveballs, right? When you think you're flying high, when you think everything is going really well, that's when you get hit with that curveball. And you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. So sometimes you need someone to talk to. And sometimes you don't have someone to talk to or someone that you feel confident in talking to. Well, that's where BetterHelp comes in. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can lock onto your account anytime, send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You don't have to be on camera if you don't want to. And getting therapy every week is as easy as a few clicks on your laptop or your phone. And you know with therapy, it could take a few tries to find the right fit for you, right? Well, BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Financial aid is available. BetterHelp is a great way to invest in yourself. All you got to do is visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Matter of fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're actually recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Right now, BetterHelp has a great special for all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Locked On. That's 10% off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Locked On. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, 
your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Raider Mike in New Jersey. He's calling to talk about one of his biggest pet peeves when it comes to the NFL. He's talking about the 53-man roster. Here he is, Raider Mike in New Jersey. Hey, Q. It's uh, Raider Mike from New Jersey. Hope all is well. Just wanted to uh, want to throw this out there for you. Uh, one of my pet peeves with the NFL for many, many years is why in the world did they, they every year at the cutdown time, right? Everybody's freaking out. Oh, we're gonna have to, who are we gonna cut? Who are we gonna keep? Why are the rosters only 53 men? I mean, this I can never understand. There's, it's a high velocity, high impact sport, right? Guys are getting hurt all the time. Isn't it better to just bump the rosters up to 60? Maybe even 65. They're paying these guys on the practice squad anyway, right? And then also, then you could have somebody come and take them off your practice squad and put them on their active roster. Like, but what happened with that uh, center, Marissi, uh, from Pitt to the Raiders a few years ago. Um, I just, I mean, these guys, these owners are some of the richest men in the world. You mean to tell me you can't, to make the game better, you can't add another seven players or even, even more if you want it. I just don't understand. It's been it's been bothering me for years. I just don't get it. it the, right before the season starts, all right, all NFL teams get a third, uh, a thirty-second of the contract, right, the, the TV contract. It's like oh, I think it's like three hundred twenty-five million. They get this money up front, and then they get merchandise and ticket sales throughout the course of the year. So right before the season starts, they get three hundred twenty-one million dollars. And they can't increase the rosters by seven players. I, I just don't get it. They go to the owners' meetings. And they, and they, oh, let's move the kick, the, the extra points back, you know, five, ten yards, let's do this, let's do that. I think these guys are clueless. I, I just don't get it. It's been annoying me for years. I had to get this off my chest. I'm sorry I had to give it to you guys, but it's just, I just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, it's not a basketball team where you have just a few guys. I mean, these, these rosters are big. These guys get hurt. What are you going to do? Go to Home Depot and look for a guy who just got cut, you know, three, three weeks before? I mean, I just don't get it. It's just mind-boggling that they don't increase this roster size. Uh, you can't keep three quarterbacks, right? You know, we want to keep six receivers. What happens? Well, then you got to cut an offensive lineman. You got to. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I just. It's very annoying to me, especially when I know that they get all this money up front before the season even starts. All these owners it just doesn't make any sense. All right, but. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. We, I listen to you every day. It's great. I know you're out on the on the West Coast here. I'm in, in New Jersey here, uh, Phil Villapiano land, <laughs> ex-Raider. But, uh, and it's great to see Cliff go in the hall. Great. Got some tears in my eyes because I've been a long-time Raiders fan, and I uh, wish he was there to see it. But uh, thanks for uh, taking these calls and being so generous to everybody. And I, I, just, I just think you do a great job. Okay? Take care. There he goes, Raider Mike right there in New Jersey talking about the 53-man roster, how that's a pet peeve for him. Why don't they expand the roster? Well, I'll tell you right now, Raider Mike, I thank you for the call, first of all, but that was a number that was discussed and agreed upon by the NFL and the Players Union. So everyone was under the same you know, conversation and agreement that the 53-man roster was fine. And you know there's not even 53 men that they, that they uh, dress out come game day. So it's something that was negotiated. They're talking about the salary cap, trying to maximize it and minimize it. Uh, they're looking at the salaries for uh, the players. They're looking for depth. They're looking for player development, uh, veteran retention. I mean, there's a lot of things. It's like a formula that goes into it. But it was all agreed upon by the NFL and the Players Union, which is really all you need to know. That's why it's set at that number. Could they change it at some point when the CBA switches up? Sure. But as of right now, 
It's not going anywhere. So 53 is what it is. But thank you so much for that call. Definitely appreciate you. Next up, got a text message from Baximus Prime. He says, hey, Q, Baximus Prime here. Just a quick question about the practice squad. Since COVID, they let teams protect X amount of players so other teams couldn't poach them. Is that still implemented? So if DJ Turner is unfortunately cut and put on the practice squad, would they be able to protect him? Because we know there will be a couple inquiries this year, and if he's the last man on the totem pole, it'd be nice to have him protected. Thanks for all you do, Q. Keep grinding. That's Maximus Prime. And thank you so much for the text, my man. And, yeah, they allowed the teams, what, the last two seasons to protect four? And, yeah, they'll be able to do that again this year. Normally they do that with veterans, and I know DJ Turner's been around for a minute, already has a year under his belt. But he hasn't really done anything. So usually they'll put a veteran on the uh, practice squad and protect him. So just in case something happens, they're able to go ahead and put him onto the active roster and they'll be able to slide right in. So I don't know who the Raiders would protect. DJ Turner is a guy that I feel like is on the roster bubble. Did some good things against the Vikings, of course, in that preseason game. But has he done enough to solidify his spot? That's going to be the question. He's got a lot of speed. But speed's not everything if you can't do everything. Can't be that consistent guy. You know, T. Billy, he's been doing some good things. Uh, obviously, Demarcus Robinson's already gone. Uh, Keelan Cole's doing some good things. Mac Hollins, I believe, is going to make the roster just because of special teams. And then they'll also use him in the, uh, you know, in the passing game, too. So uh, there's a lot of competition in that wide receiver room. They might try to stash DJ Turner on the practice squad. I'm just not too sure if he's a guy that they would actually try to protect on the practice squad. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Rebel Raider. He's calling in to talk about the show that I did on Wednesday, talking about the new regime and why he feels like this might really be a good hire by Mark Davis. Here he is, Rebel Raider at the 702. Q, Rebel Raider, a.k.a. J10NV on Twitter, man. Just want to tell you, bro, you, your show killed it today, man. You know, I want to bring up the Demarcus Robinson thing about him getting picked back up off the waiver wires. I'm even thinking maybe Andy Reid just planted him in there so he could read off what we're doing. And another thing I want to say, on the Real Raiders radio, they got a super bomb plug by the Rich Cannon and Matt Millen crew, man, on the, uh, on, on the football game, you know? And uh, I do my best to spread the word, man, like gospel. And uh, and also, to segment number two about us hiring the right coaches and going outside the organization. I'm not saying we don't give Raiders for Life a chance, you know, but we might have really made a move here by hiring this new regime that's going to just – just look at what Aaron Rodgers said yesterday about his new wide receiving core and about how they make mistakes and the pre-snap penalties and all that stuff. And that's one thing on our first preseason game against Jacksonville, Chris Collinsworth said, let's just be honest, these Raiders look crisp and they're not your grandpa's Raiders. So you got to do what you got to do, you know what I mean? And uh, and then with on the last game, Matt Millen was really talking about how we've really cleaned up our pre-snap penalties and all that stuff, too. So anyway, man, I just want to tell you, Q, and all of them that have come over, man, I really hope you get your real and because you got your finger on the pulse. Later, Matt. There he goes. That's Rebel Raider right there. Thank you for the call. I appreciate the love and the plug on the radio station. And I truly do believe in this regime, right? It just looks totally different from what we're used to seeing. And I think it's a good thing. And the one thing I'm confident in is saying that this team will not lead the league in penalties 
like it's done more times than not. And it won't even be close, in my opinion. I really feel like this is a truly disciplined team led by head coach Josh McDaniels, also led by Patrick Graham. It's just not going to be a team that's going to shoot itself in the foot and commit a bunch of penalties, dumb penalties, that help them or hurt them while they're trying to win games. So uh, I'll go out there on that limb and say that they're not going to lead the league in penalties. Thank you so much for that call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And let's see, we get one more text in. How about a text from CP from Dago? He said, what's up, Q? CP from Dago, first off, thank you for doing what you do and giving us a ton of content throughout this offseason. I got a chance to rewatch the preseason game versus the Vikings, and I wasn't very impressed watching Alex Leatherwood in the second half. There are a couple of lack of effort plays at the second of the third quarter. First of the plays at 115 left in the third. He got off the line great, had leverage on his guy, and just stopped, allowing his man to continue pursuit and make the tackle. On the very next play, 38 seconds left in the third, it was an inside run left. Leatherwood literally just stood up, didn't even attempt to put hands on his guy. And as his man started pursuit, Leatherwood actually pushed him towards the running back, and he made the tackle. These are just two examples of a subpar night from a guy who's supposedly fighting for the start at right tackle. At the end of the day, you can't teach effort. You can't teach hard. At this point, I'd be down to see more from our hungry rook. Anyway, hope you have a great day, Q. That's from CP from Dago. And you know what? Right now, I'll tell you, I feel like Alex Leatherwood's in his own head. And that's the situation. I asked Lincoln Kennedy about it on Thursday, and I said, hey, have you seen that from Alex Leatherwood? And he said, yes, that's the problem. Too many times he gets in his own head, and it stops him and slows him down from being a better player. From what I see in practice, especially the way that Chandler Jones whooped him a couple days ago, ever since he whooped him a couple days ago, it just seems like he's not really fully engaged. And it's more because he's still thinking about what happened. It just seems like he's in his own head. seems like his body language is really bad. I just don't know if he's going to cut it. I'm really, I don't think I've been as down on Alex Leatherwood as I am right now. And that's only because his body language and it looks like his confidence is absolutely shot. If you don't have confidence, you have nothing. Before you could do anything, you have to have confidence in your abilities. Just like me, uh, behind this mic every single day, I have a ton of confidence. Even if it might come out wrong, even if I might have a bad day or a bad show, the confidence is that I can get behind this mic and I can be a killer every single day and I can do a, a hell of a job. I don't think that Alex Leatherwood's got that mentality every single day. Obviously, what he's doing and what I'm doing are totally different, but he's supposed to be great at his craft and I'm supposed to be great at my craft. I try every day to be great and... I think he's trying as well, but right now he's thinking too much as opposed to just going out and doing. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you, and I know we're going way too long here in this segment, but let me go ahead and get one more call to close things out. Jordan in Oregon, he's calling to talk about head coach Joshua Daniels and what his biggest takeaway was from his press conference that he heard on Thursday. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, Q, what's going on, man? Jordan in Oregon. Hey, I wanted to call in. I just got done listening in the Josh McDaniels press conference on uh, JT, the Brick Show, Raider Nation Radio, uh, here at noon here on Thursday. And, um, you know, I just had to call in, and I'll try to sum it up as quick and best I can. But this guy, he just – he sounds like a coach to me that has actually just been waiting to be a head coach for years and is just very well organized just uh, hearing him talk a little bit about some of the uh, position groups and how, you know, all of the guys are key guys. There's kind of reference to trying to get him to talk on starters and just different groups. And Q, I know you know what I'm talking about, but I really like the energy on his part of, of uh, that every single rep doesn't matter if it's a game or practice. It's 
any of those environments that he gets his eyes on on what what the guys are doing, that's a chance for you to move off the totem pole with him. And I thought that was just really good stuff. And to me, Q, I wanted to get your take on this. Is uh, Josh uh, McDaniel's took the Raider job? Was it back in in uh, February that he got the job? Because if that's right, that's six months of of him being with the organization. And what a turnaround in the in the um, in the concept that he just sounds like a guy that has a plan. And to me, to have a plan and just how well thought out he sounds for being six months with this organization. If you went around roundtable of all the teams, I'd argue that he sounds like more put together and just like a guy on a mission with a plan than than ninety uh, percent of the other teams out there. And it just goes to say, I just don't think Josh has been this job, you know, yeah, he took it six months ago, but I believe he's truly been planning for this opportunity and trying to soak in as much knowledge as he can from the Patriots organization for probably the last decade. And, and um, you know, so I'm really excited about where we're at. And honestly, I'm excited about all the key additions and I'm excited about the car contract and getting Renfro signed. I'm excited about Devontae Adams, but you know, truly what I'm most excited about, and I, I try to, I try to really think this one hard before I called in. The most thing I'm excited about with this team is, is McDaniels and his staff and just seeing them run a well organized football team and seeing this offense be ran by somebody who's done a lot of really special things in the NFL. I think I'm actually mostly excited about is the hiring of McDaniels. Peace out, you. There he goes. That's Jordan Norgan right there. Thank you for the call, my man. You know I appreciate you, and you're just about spot on, man. McDaniels took that job January 31st, 2022, so basically six months ago, and I do believe he's doing a great job. I do believe he's the right guy for the job. He's really focused on the job, and, well, I think that you're going to see it you know, translate when it comes time for the regular season. I really do. I just have this gut feeling that things are going to be really good and Raider Nation is going to be really pleased with the direction that the team's going, led by Josh McDaniels, led by Dave Ziegler, led by Champ Kelly. These are guys that are out at practice every single day, and obviously Josh McDaniels is out there. But Champ Kelly and Dave Ziegler, GM and assistant GM, they're out there. They're hovering over practice. They're seeing who's who, what is what, and and obviously they're still combing the waiver wire, still looking for more talent. These guys are busy, and they're on the grind. But going back to head coach Josh McDaniels, I think he's going to be the X factor for the team this year. At the end of the year, I said earlier this offseason that, in my opinion, Andy Reid's the best head coach in the AOC West. Depending on what happens this year, I can easily see at the end of this upcoming season, in the offseason, talking about, Josh McDaniels is the best head coach in the AFC West. I can easily see myself talking about that depending on what happens this upcoming year. So there it is right there, Raider Nation. That's all I got for you for today's show. That's all I got for you for this week. I definitely appreciate you. Hope you enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, the Raiders are traveling to Miami, to South Beach, to take on the Dolphins. Uh, we'll see what they do. Again, I uh, talked about my keys and what I'm looking forward to. I looked for uh, talked about that in segment number two, and I'm sure you've got plenty of takeaways, plenty of things and uh, elements of the game that you'll be looking at as well. So uh, we'll talk again on Monday, Raider Nation. Until then, Thank you so much for the feedback. Appreciate all the support of the show. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.